Where do you go for the most important conversations in applied behavior analysis? The podcast is your source for insightful content, debate, and insights in the ABA field. Whatever your role, RBT, BCBA, C-suite, family member, or advocate, we'll get you to the heart of the meaningful issues in autism. Podcast is proudly hosted by the Council for Autism Service Providers. We are your hosts, Nagarito, Judith Urcity, Hallie Respondic, Nitesh Kumar, and Jonathan Mueller, and this is our podcast. Hi, podcasters. Hallie, Nitesh, and Jonathan here. We are recapping day two. So, how's day two, guys? It's been great. Uh, I got to go see some of my fellow podcasters present today on culture and organizational values and how important they are and how hard it is in our field right now. It was really great to hear, you know, your perspective on uh, on what you've done in your organizations to change that in, in probably one of the most important things we have to do in our field, which is um, <clears throat> creating our values and our culture. And I think it's, it's a real struggle as we continue to grow and have the turnovers that we do. So kind of hearing some how-tos and stuff like that from you all is important. You know, the question I ask is like, turnover, I think, it, the theme for me at this conference in the last year and a half is like, just turnover is here and it's here to stay. And there's some interesting data presented, not at this conference, at another conference about, <clears throat> I think it was from a Harvard Business Review article that the great resignation had actually started, if you look at the data, before COVID. COVID depressed it a little bit in 20 and 20, 2021. But then 2022 and subsequent, it's right back where it's at. So I think these are more secular trends that our field needs to um, to deal with. And so to your point, Natesh, I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of organizational culture and being intentional around your values. But my question is, like, is this the new normal? And how can CASP help us, right, this community of ours? How can we help to uh, to contend with that turnover if we're not going to reduce it by orders of magnitude and you know any kind of reduction works but like what are the strategies that are going to improve it um i hate that question (laughs) i don't want it to be the new normal because this is hard you know it's like it's such a stress on the whole organization um you know it's i don't know we're currently doing stuff at blossom to increase retention and recruiting and everything like that but it's always been hard like the baseline is hard and this just seems so difficult and it's expensive right like i mean the amount of money that we have to spend in onboarding a new employee and the training that goes into them and then if your average tenure is maybe three months or six months or nine months whatever it is right it's really difficult and really expensive to keep up with that. I think that's why ABA companies right now are struggling. Because we, we have referrals, we have patients. You would think where demand is unlimited, mm-hmm. you'd have a business that can be successful, but it's not because your supply is so inconsistent. And I think mm-hmm. that's what makes this complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as companies continue to grow, you know, turnover, what, is between 65% and 125%, depending on in-home versus clinic? I mean, that's... When you say, oh, I had 65% turnover, everybody's like, great job. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> like, that's insane. But that's what we have. So I think, you know, one of the things, you might not be able to 
fix turnover to the levels we want it to be, but we have to be intentional around you know, our corporate structure and then maybe our clinic leadership is making sure that we're a step in line or in, you know, in how we believe our value should be. So if we do have turnover at the RBT level, at least from a corporate perspective and like the clinical perspective who's running the clinics, they're in line. You know, you keep those staff and members together, make sure that they're leaders in their organizations. Because if you can at least fix that, that at least you know when new staff does come in that the same message is being uh, transferred to them over and over again. I think if you start losing your clinic leadership and that's turning over at the same rate maybe as your RBTs are, then you're in a real world of hurt because now your leadership, who is already young in the field, um, will be even harder to be able to, now you have people turning over at that level, trying to trying to teach the new people coming in as turning over as well. So I think we have to figure out and say, where is it appropriate to have turnover and where is it not? And mm -hmm. I think maybe some acceptance of that and say, we have to at least solve this problem. We're not gonna be able to solve that or at least right. not make it as good as we want it to be. Do you know what's crazy, Daisy? I'm, look, I'm thinking about the Sunday afternoon session. Um, Lanny Fritz, Dr. Rohit Verma of Bixby presented data um, that indicated that half of all ABA providers are either breaking even or losing money. Well, they, they said that in the workshop, or did they? Okay. They said that if your, your um, gross margin is at anywhere below 24%, you're not breaking even, which is like, that's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. And, and this is where, and, and I use this term, like we're, it's a new normal, but I call it like a secular trend, meaning it's like not a blip on the radar. This is here to stay. And there's this really horrible compounding effect with turnover, while at the same time, I know I presented on Ascend, like we've seen an 18% increase in clinical wages, yeah. right? So at the same time, we see more turnover, wages are increasing, payer reimbursement rates are not keeping pace, that's for sure. Right. And it's, and all of this is leading to some type of new normal in our field. But that, you see, that's where I believe a CASP community is really, is fundamentally important to sharing knowledge and things that will help other providers not make the same mistakes, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and I think what, so what might this new normal look like, like um, Natasha, that, that you describe of like getting used to turnover, who deals with turnover best in the world? Like, like the military. Mm -hmm. Think about how they, they have people who are in positions planned for like a year or two years and then they're exiting out and they're putting the next person in. And what does that mean? hardcore attention to detail on your standard operating procedures and processes and just how you do business. Yeah. That's, That's true. Point. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. It's, I feel like it's the theme this year, you know? Um, and I think to your point, Natasha, it's, you know, looking at where the turnover is, I think, I don't know, I think as a BCBA within CASP, I think I'm just more, or maybe more like what CASP can do for the membership or providers is I just want more data because you, you kind of like think to yourself, is this normal? What's normal? What benchmark? Yeah, what is? And I think just more data, um, and then you know more. I don't know, like what what are we gonna do? Oh, what is <laughs> what is an ideal data point that you all would want to see? I mean, I personally, which I think we pulled up some data, you know, what is 
average tenure of an RBT. So, you know, when we're losing a three-year, we know what it is for our organization, but what is it in general? So then we know if we're hitting the mark or not. Um, and I think, you know, annually isn't frequent enough. Like there's so much that happens within the year. Even just this year, it started, we're in a very different place now in Q2 than at the beginning of the year. So um, I don't know, we would personally like to see that because I think, you know, if we have a we have a couple four-year RBTs and that's crazy when you look at the data. Um, but I don't know, that's what I'd like to see. And regionally, how is it affected? I was talking to a provider last night. She's from Mississippi. Like they have nobody. They don't have any, you know, there's the need, but they don't have any providers at all. So she's constantly having to grow and being dependent on that. It's just, it's, it's like hiring. It's the work itself is difficult. It's the rate the rates are hard to renegotiate, but I don't know. My husband's an engineer, and I'm very jealous when, um, you know, there's like an 8% inflation rate, and they just get to, you know, push their prices 8% higher and then be done with it. But obviously, there's give and take everywhere. But Yeah, I think, in, I think the investment that we've done in our corporate, you know, we've always invested in, you know, operations, accounting, finance, HR, but I think we're going to have to think about other things that are more sensitive to our, our, our staff, like culture, mm-hmm. um, leadership, those kind of things that maybe people say, well, you know, that's not, you can't afford that or it's not important. I think those things are more investable. I think when you look at your, your, your cost structure as an organization, you have to have somebody in your accounting role. You have somebody who's billing, somebody's doing HR. And, and HR can be strategic or tactical, right, for sure. But even with that, things get busy. And you have to have somebody championing your leadership and your core values and some of that stuff. I think it's just things that we're going to have to invest in a little bit more, which, you know, how do you do that when you're already struggling, right? But I think those are the things that it's not about bringing turnover down to 0%. It's about understanding when your turnover is coming and where it comes from and reducing it versus eliminating it. I think that's the environment we're going to live in now. Right. Keith, if we all go to dinner with strangers last night. Huh? Dinner with strangers. Did we do it? You did, right? Yes, yes, I did. What did y'all do? You went to the escape room. Don't I, even I went to an it. escape room. It was like an off-label uh, dinner mm-hmm. with strangers. But I just think this is one of the, we talk about community, right? How like, or I think about cultures are slippery, communities are sticky. And um, I think it's a really cool part of CASP that you've got 15 different like table captains or leaders who like or randomly just signed up and um, are taking people to different restaurants. And then anyone can go and sign up to meet strangers and meet new people. And I think that's a really intentional way of building and reinforcing. Yeah, I think, yeah. I, think I saw that first. At, uh, I think Lori started that at the Law Summit, mm-hmm. which is cool because the first time you go, you don't know anybody, and it's just this brand new place. And that was such a great idea. I mean, she's always been very much, I think that's why CASP has this collaborativeness, right? Like, I think, you know, if people are willing to share what's going on. I think that starts with the top, you know. Um, but I think it's really cool that, you know, we do that here. Yeah. Um, you're, you have one more presentation, right? Yes. I told Jonathan earlier he's on a presentation tour and Superstar. he need he needed merch. 
you know? <laughs> it's like what kind of like, like, like pop sockets on the back of phone kind of merch? Because that's what my 12 year old keeps telling me I need. I re maybe, but I also, um, a pop socket is handy. I don't have one. What? I'm not cool enough. But like, think about it. You can put it there and then your phone can just be up if you ever need oh, it. Oh, it's not for your fingers and holding it. No. So, okay. Oh. I know people can't see this because we're audio only. But I have this cool case because I love the uh, kickstands like you're talking about. Uh -huh. But then you can't do the wireless charging. So I found this case that's right here. <gasps> oh, so Nitesh has taken out of there's like a ring of metal around his camera. Um, his camera. And it's very subtle. It's not huge. And he just pop socketed it out. So when I'm like at a TV, there. you know, at an airport, I want to watch the game or whatever. Mm -hmm. I can watch whatever I want. YouTube. Oh, I feel like free. I'm not surprised. Like you have different. I I'm love not, technology. Yeah, I, we my, know. My bag is a Radio Shack. Yes, it is. That is literally true. Yeah. We've sure. seen your bag. I haven't seen it a lot this conference, actually. Yeah, I kept it. I didn't need it. Maybe I came more prepared this year. You did. Yeah. You brought a lot of great technology. That's true. That's true. Um, You're the new Radio Shack. Yeah, yeah. Does I Radio am. Shack still exist? No, just me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one location. I have every cord you need from like iPhone 1 to whatever we are, iPhone 14. <laughs> See any kind of USB charger in that bag. But um, every time there's presentations yeah. and people don't have something, I have it. Yeah, but also CASP is very techie. This, like Jonathan very and I, sure. earlier, we were just standing at the CEU box thing from Behavior Live and we were just staring at it because it looked really cool. Yeah. But I like, yeah, the conference was different this year. I, I like the, um, I mean, I know this is really basic, but I like sandwiches. <laughs> and I thought it was really good not to stand in the line at a typical yeah. conference buffet line with like crappy chicken. Yeah. And whatever. I appreciated it. And oh, I, man. And they and had, you just have like a bag, a brown bag bags. lunch. Yeah. And you could take it and go. Like, how fast was lunch line? Yeah. Oh, there was wasn't so a easy. Line. There wasn't a line. It was yeah. easy this year. Can I confess something? Yeah. I love the shit out of a tuna fish sandwich. And I've got a cookie that like is waiting yeah. with my name well, on it. Well, that's my cookie. That's your cookie. All right. Where's now, my cookie? No, it's already words. gone. <laughs> I just want to explain one other thing for our listeners. We are very fortunate to be in the 14th floor of the Grand Hyatt at Tampa, and we have this unbelievable view that looks out at the airport, and we can like see planes taking off and landing. It's like the future of our field is before us. Now, it's airplanes, but we can somehow think about that, that as a metaphor. And that side is like a deep ocean. Yeah. Ooh. What's that metaphor? That means we're all el fugade? Is that what you're saying, Natash? <laughs> no, Shallow ocean, does that help you? There you go. It's a shallow ocean that you can walk. That's manatees are in this ocean and yeah. they need shallow water. So be the manatee that your organization needs. That's you my guys, takeaway. You lost me after the airplane. <laughs> um, <laughs> but okay, so we'll have a great rest of the day too. This is our last, well, second to last recording because Courtney just walked in. Um, because I'm headed home to some babies. <gasps> oh. What's the limit on stuffed animals, like stuffed animal prices? Mm. Airport. Yeah, like what's the dollar limit? Twenty-five. Twenty-five. Yeah. Wait, who's answering? Oh, it's, this, this is Tampa, not Orlando. It would be fifty if it's Orlando because it's Disney. Oh, okay. Oh, racket. Twenty-five. Okay. I say if my more. if 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 my kids' grandparents were answering, it would be uh, there is no limit. Yeah, there it doesn't exist. Okay, cool. Alrighty. How many are you buying? Two or three? Two. Oh, for each child. Yeah. That's what like a, What about the not, new child? Kind of not fair. Well, he doesn't care. Yet. Yet. Yeah, and when he does, he'll. And get when one. he grows up and listens to this podcast, he'll know he wasn't loved. <laughs> <You're>... <laughs>